This episode of Discuss Metal was recorded on June 18th, 2022. Surviving as a metal fan during satanic panic. This doesn't have, you're saying, well, Mike, this doesn't have anything to do with, with heavy metal. The like, word it, is it, derived it, from pocket monsters. Yeah. What's evil it, about it, it that? It does. This is the Discuss Metal Podcast, hosted by Dan Terry, Mike Tygo, and Joseph Wren. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Discuss Metal Live. It's it's kind of like what we do on discography discussion, except not. It's it's other things that we do. And uh, joined tonight, as always, is Joe. Joe, how you doing tonight, my what friend? What is up, metalheads? Or Satan heads, or or, or panic heads? Is that right? what we're talking about tonight? The Satan yeah, heads. We, we I'll, I'll get to that, but before I get to that, <laughs> I need to see. I need to see how Mike's doing. Mike, how are you? I see Mike like every day, so uh, I need to get that like up to the minute sort of uh, sort of update in. Oh, you know, I'm happier in a pig and shit, Dan. Just kind of hanging out, living life. I'm on the right side of the grave, you know, just chilling. Pretty excited about tonight's topic. I, I really hope that uh, we have, you know, Tipper Gore tuning in for this. Uh, you know, just <laughs> wow, we're going we old school. <laughs> yeah, PMRC, everybody, come on down. Joe Lieberman, like, come on in. Like, just, just come on down. We'll have a chat. It'll be a good time. We'll have a fun, old fashioned satanic panic time. Wow, oh, it sounds like such a great time to have. Uh, except it wasn't right. So, um, you know, our 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 whole. Our whole shtick with this is I, I I told Joe, and I think I even told the listeners uh, on one of the discography discussion episodes, I was like, we're going to talk about satanic panic. Now, I don't know if you heard that. Joe might have cut it out or whatever. I don't I don't go back and listen to the podcast a lot of the time, but... Spent too much uh, time making podcasts. He doesn't have time to listen to them. I listen to him sometimes, but I usually only listen to him back if somebody's like, I cannot believe what you said about X, Y, Z thing, person, topic, album, song, riff. And then I'm like, oh, my God, we did that like a year ago. What what did I say? And then I go back and I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what came over me. But um, man, your opinion on boat thrower was some bullshit. You need to. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, get a lot of those. Those are those those are usually my my favorites. But uh, you know, yeah, man. I, what I wanted to get into this all came about. Um, you guys are probably no strangers to the fact that I really like true crime, right? Like I I, I listen to true crime podcasts all the time. It's the truth. Yeah, I mean, I love <laughs> I, I love true crime stuff. Like you know, people come over to come over to my desk when I'm at work, and they're like, "Hey, man." Uh, you know, how was your, uh, you know, what are you up to? What do you think? What, what do you think, uh, is going on tonight or, or what do you think's going on today? And I'm like, oh, it's great. But then I got to take off my like giant oversized headphones. And like, I'm like having a very pleasant conversation about my wife and kids and how everything's going. But if you, if you can hear what's coming out of my headphones, it's like, and then the guy didn't know what to do with the dead body. So we chopped it up into about 75 to 80 different pieces. And, uh, you know, then, then then he ended up eating the flesh. Did you guys know that that that, that human flesh tastes slightly like sweetened beef? You know, and just going on and on. And then apparently, you can actually use the blood to power multiple devices. Is you this know? like a pig destroyer situation? Like Mister Spell comes out, Jennifer playfully wrestled her friend to the ground in front of the snow cone stand. Is that what we're talking about here? Or is this just some straight true crime? You won't believe 
what this motherfucker did with the body. Well, I do like your sort of vanilla uh, true crime, the, you know, nobody's seen grandma in eight weeks and uh, it's possible the grandson's the one that killed her. I mean, I do enjoy like sort of those, those whodunits. Like unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. Get Robert Stack up there. Why don't I have that music queued up? Right. (laughs) But, uh, you know, because then we'll get copyright struck and taken down. Uh, by you know somebody that probably doesn't even know Robert. By Stack, Robert Stack. Man. No, he's dead. He's not gonna. Well, he may. I don't know. May, if anybody ghost. was gonna come back, would it would be Robert Stack? But the that's like the the vanilla bare bones true crime. My favorite stuff is like cults, right? Like I could do an entire I could do an entire podcast on the Jonestown massacre and all of that. But one of my other favorite subjects is sort of more like recent like culty true crime. And so it didn't take me that long to become a little bit more familiar with the satanic panic, because one of the first things that Joe sort of brought up when I gave him this topic, he's like, yeah, but Dan, I mean, we basically were out of that, right? Like we, we weren't necessarily like, you know, victims of the satanic panic, right? We were victims of the outcome of satanic panic because we had to deal with the nineties and the older generation still having that stranger danger idea in their head. And I know we had dare in school and those are great programs. Don't get me wrong. And then we had other things happen that the satanic panic was blamed for. I mean, can I just, can I just say there was, there was Columbine and subsequent events and that's still blaming the satanic panic, not talking about the people and the actual mental problems that they had. Nope. It's the music. It's the slayer. It's the black Sabbath. It's that's whose fault it is. Marilyn Manson. We're all stars now, man. Well, I mean, I think that I, I guess I'm just going to ignore what he said about dare. Dare was not a good program and did more, did more to introduce children to the concept of illegal drugs than, than prevent them from using them. They're like, okay, so wait, well, what are the effects of this now? Okay. And then they're like, Hey, man, actually sounds pretty cool. But uh, I think that, <laughs> I think that what we felt with like collectively, like Joe and myself, I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm going to give you the, uh, I'm going to give you the floor to talk about your experiences as well. We definitely sort of dealt with the effects of it and how, I mean, there, I mean, guys, the satanic panic has not like completely gone away. Like if I told you right now that there is an uncomfortable amount of people that believe that you know, the world is actually run by an underground cabal of satanic cannibals. Like there's a word for that. And you guys know what that word is. Um, so, you know, it's Quanon or QAnon or whatever it is. That shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. And I'm like, we know like that it's crazy now. But like, if you go back to like the 1980s, when we don't have the Internet, we don't have uh, we don't have public forums. We don't have a lot of different news sources. Like you do have different news sources, but like things were different back then because most everybody got their news from, you know, the evening television or their favorite talk show host or, or, or whatever it may be. And so, you know, it's kind of like really looking into that and seeing like how all of this was perpetuated on such a large scale. Now, this is not going to be a retelling of the satanic panic uh, because there, there's plenty of other podcasts out there that have done that. And uh, we're a music podcast, so we're going to try to focus more on the the musical side of it. Metal. And the metal side of it. Yeah, absolutely. Real metal shit. Thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only one you get. You got to pay if you want want more. Um, But, you know, there's something else that we have going on after this show. uh, Once we're done having our conversation, if you guys are a Patreon supporter of Discography Discussion, 
we're going to be doing our monthly Patreon hangout right after we're done doing this. So if you want to talk about, you know, that stuff, if you, you know, you guys definitely need to uh, sign up for that Patreon and we can, we'd sort of keep this train rolling. And uh, the other thing too, is, you know, you might want to jump onto discord. If you guys want to talk further, uh, if you go to discord.discussmetal.com, uh, I think it's rolling across the bottom of the screen as we talk. So um, if you guys want to jump into the Discord, feel free to do so. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, we will see you after the show. But I mean, let's uh, let's go, boys. Let's let's get into the get into our controversial clickbaity title. There is yeah. no waiting when your show is hosted by Discuss Metal Dan. There'll be links in the show notes. There'll be notes in the show notes. But we're talking about this topic now. Change the channel, and I'll break your fingers. This ties into the life history, you know, and I'm going to say life story that Dan personally lived, and that's Christian music is good, but I want to find the Christian metal that's really good. Wait, all the metal is good? Well, sometimes all the metal is good. Well, you shouldn't be listening to that. The content is bad. It's, it's, it's going to lead you down a bad path. Yeah, but isn't it just music? You know, this is, this is part of that story, right? At least for you. I didn't have the same experience. I was always listening to everything because everything was music. At the end of the day, that's what it was. So I, I take from this topic more of the side effects that everybody around me was living through. What do you mean you can't watch that movie because it's bad for you? It's just a movie. So where, where does this come in? Where, where are we starting off? What, what impact are we talking about? Well, we're talking about more because like that's a little stuff, right? Like no matter, no matter whether you've, you know, the society as a whole has just come down from a panic, you know, a moral panic, so to speak. What it really is like, that's the sort of stuff your parents are going to tell you no matter what, because they're worried about you. And it's weird when you come home, you know, and you're like, man, I just heard this great song. It's called Meat Hook Sodomy. You know, like it's going to it's going to raise <laughs> it's going to raise a few eyebrows and it's going to make people sort of a little bit wary of what you're into. You know, is this person crazy? Why would they like this sort of thing? Easy listening. Uh, but with Satanic Panic, it's interesting. And I'm going to give a little bit of an overview of what the panic was without going into every single facet of it. But essentially, there was a woman who her name was Michelle, and she and her psychiatrist cooked up. I mean, sat down and researched for hours and and, and wrote a book about repressed memories. And uh, this book was kind of a banger in the sense that... Uh, well, all of her repressed memories were, yeah, apparently it turns out I did not live a normal life growing up, but I was in fact, uh, I was in fact in a satanic cult that my family and a whole bunch of people that were like, you know, uh, really like pillars of our community were also part of the cult. And we, you know, we sacrificed children and, uh, we, we sacrificed children, adults, we drank blood on altars. They locked me up in a cage. They made me eat poop, you know, like. All, all of this crazy stuff. And it's like, wow, you didn't even know about this stuff. You know, you didn't even know that this happened. You repressed all of these memories. So like at first, you know, as people start reading the book, they're like, oh my God, like there's a underground cabal of satanic cannibals out there, right? Like that are going to, that are going to like, then they're coming after our children of all people. What do we do? They're coming after the kids, not the children. They're coming to take me away. Ha ha. They're coming to take me away. What? <laughs> <laughs> not oh, okay. So 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 not the children, huh? Got it. 
Because that was the message, right? Not the children. We were the children. Well, well yeah, we really were the children. They're still technically the children. I'm going by well, birth dates, not age dates. <laughs> okay. Well, to keep the to keep the narrative going a little bit here, the uh, people read this book, and of course, you know, local congregations in Midwest America under the Reagan administration are going to be like, "Oh my God, I knew it!" <laughs> right? Like, like almost immediately, like I can't believe. You know, I, I heard a story about a about a guy that was typing up his church's newsletter, and uh, he had reported on, or he had mentioned something about this in his newsletter, and then like a whole bunch of other church newsletters started publishing it as if it was fact or if it was a real thing. And that book years later was was discounted, you know, as as being like completely fabricated and being completely false. But um, oh, I thought you meant it went in the bargain bin. Well, I'm sure I'm sure you could probably find it in a bargain bin somewhere now. I mean, it's actually it's actually a good read. I actually have read it, but uh, it is absolutely just a very, very creative thing. It's like the Amityville horror, right? Like how that was sort of just like cooked up as as a scary, true story. But uh, what it actually ended up turning into was all of these churches became aware of it and they sort of had a grassroots movement. And they introduced, they sort of secularized the term instead of calling it like satanic ritual abuse. They called it like ritual abuse. You know, they just dropped the Satan off of it or whatever. But what was happening is you'd have a small town and somebody would report a crime against a child. And uh, then, then they would all start sort of showing up and being like, oh, okay. So the investigator would go out there and he'd ask the question. They'd ask the kids ridiculous questions like, did the, you know, like, did this person touch you? The kid says, no. And then they go, okay, when did this person touch you? And they're like, no, nobody did. And then they're like, right, but we know this person touched you. And they're like, oh, okay, he did. You know what I mean? Like, like, like getting, like asking a lot of leading questions, but because they had this rhetoric of, you know, well, was it, you know, was there any, you know, anything weird Did they make you drink any blood or did they make you, you know, like asking children leading questions and, you know, the way kids are and not even just kids, like if you, if you go back and look at some of the, uh, interviews that they did with the West Memphis three, it was sort of the same thing. Like they just would put words in their mouth and use them as, as, as testimony. But, uh, this was rampant. And, uh, and I do want to preface this before we get into sort of the music side of it, that, uh, I also understand that like the, the satanic panic in its purest form was like, no joke. Like people's lives got ruined. Like dudes would just be at work. Cops would show up. Uh, grab them, tell them, yeah, you'll never see your kids again because some random kid from across town pointed you, your picture out in a lineup and said that you're the leader of a satanic cabal or something, you know, like, and it sounds ridiculous, but like these people are being detained and they're being taken to court over it. Mike, I'm officially accusing you of witchcraft. I mean, you'd be wrong, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) and to prove you're a witch, we are going to light you on fire. Because if you're a witch, you'll survive. I mean, you know, as big as I am, I'd probably burn for three weeks. So, hell yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was what a mess that was, huh? I mean, people just getting their lives ruined over nothing. And all because it's it's just way easier to uh, scapegoat and place blame than be a parent and actually be involved in what your kids are uh, into, right? Just actually monitoring and, and assessing what's right for your child individually, not just uh, casting that blanket of just bullshit over everybody. Right. I mean, and I think it's ironic because I think I, I can hear my kids screaming in the background because they're they don't want to go to bed. I promise that's the only reason. Um, but <laughs> are you I sure you're think, not a warlock? I mean, I might be a warlock. I mean, I do hang out with Mike and he's kind of the uh, grand witch doctor of the entire community. 
Ooh, it's e, like we're joking. Ooh, uh, uh. We're joking about it, but like these people were basically being locked up with no evidence. And a lot of the time when it did end up going to court, hopefully, you know, cooler heads prevailed and people are like, yeah, but there's no evidence. They said this guy killed five people. We don't have five people missing, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But, uh, you know, it was it was really crazy. But one of the things, one of the aspects of it, that what we really want to kind of hone in on here is that sort of uh, idea that like, you know, a, a few years before that in the 70s, you know, they started listening to Led Zeppelin songs backwards. And they're like, uh, they're like, hey, you hear that? He's saying my sweet Satan over and over again. You're running. You know, uh, and they would call that back masking. And they're like. This is how the devil's putting his messages in the music. They he's doing it through backmasking. Question: uh, Are the children yes. listening to the records backwards or forwards? It, it doesn't matter. It's a subliminal message. Oh, so I subliminally hear everything backwards now? Yes. They literally claimed that even though you could only hear it backwards, that somehow, like you listening to it forwards, you know that that seed of the of the evil one would be planted in your kids' minds, and that leads to them injecting up to four marijuanas a day. And next thing you know, they're, they're a leftist and they're starting their own commune. Right? I've been editing the podcast wrong for years. That's Reverse saying, is where man. it's at. That's what I'm saying. If you listen to every episode of discography discussion backwards, you will find out about all the witchcraft. Trust me. Go do it right now. Um, Start now with those the Zayo episodes. Gone, yeah. Now that those people are gone, uh, <laughs> we can, we can have a, a better, a better conversation. But I think that like, the biggest thing that sort of drew me to it is this is sort of where I kind of come onto the scene, right? So like I'm not listening, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you guys and say, oh yeah, you know, when I was listening to when I was listening to Bolt Thrower in the in the mid nineties, uh, you know, some people gave me trouble about that. Sure, like by the time I was in school, you know, the satanic panic and ritual, satanic abuse or whatever, that stuff was all more or less discount, you know, like disproven there's only still just like a few like religious whack jobs that still sort of subscribe to that. But in mainstream circles, it's not accepted as a, as an actual investigation uh, tactic or anything of that nature. I mean, I know they made up the book, but there's still got to be some truth in it, right? No, it was made up. We can all move on from any suspicion that this is actually real. Yeah, but there's got to be something to it, right? That's the mindset in the nineties, at least from my perspective. I'm not going to get into how religious people tend to cling to a single book for everything, but that that's a whole different discourse. That's a whole different discussion for a different night. But what I will say is that they, uh, they, it was discounted, but see, I grew up in a, uh, in a, in a very conservative, very extreme, uh, sort of religion where we were not allowed to watch television. We were not allowed to listen to rock music. We were not allowed to do you know, a lot of the fun things that you could do in the nineties. And, um, so that's sort of where it began. So like I grew up hearing before I'd ever even heard the music. I grew up hearing that, you know, the, this type of music has has hidden satanic messages in it and that the devil is going to reach out to you through that music. And it doesn't even necessarily matter what the lyrics are. It just matters uh, because even if the lyrics seem OK, uh, there's probably hidden back masked satanic messages behind it. So like, to be honest, I was like legitimately like as a kid, you know, scared of rock music you know i was scared of, of of heavy music and um hey and i didn't really know what to make out of it i didn't even have like the child rebellion of like well i'm gonna go get this stuff because like how do i get this stuff right like my family's super religious i don't have any money uh i'm not gonna go to a record store and pick this stuff up or whatever so it's like you know it's like oh yeah you guys hear that ozzy osbourne song in the song in the song he's like get the gun get the gun shoot 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 and um that, and i think that's not what he said 
I think that overall, <laughs> people were thinking more along the lines of like, well, if heavy metal isn't evil, then why why does it have all of these really extreme, you know, other kinds of music don't talk about this kind of stuff, uh, even though I can make an argument that it absolutely does. Um, but they're like, yeah, they, people don't talk about, like regular people that just want to make music don't talk about dismemberment and death and murder and Satan and and this and this and this. But the reality is, is that music reflects society. M- music reflects the the world that we live in. And so, if you're a metal band coming up in the '80s and '90s, what what's on the news? What's on TV? Death, war, uh, pestilence, drugs. You know. Oh yeah, and also you've got all the people that are like, yeah. And apparently, every daycare in the U.S. has been infiltrated by satanic cults. So, like, why on earth would you not assume that? Or why why would you be surprised that that's what people are singing about? Last time I checked, nobody was writing metal songs about what the kids did in daycare. Maybe me first in the Gimme Gimmies did a cover song about it. Maybe Weird Al made a comment in passing, but it just seems absurd that you would tie those two things together. But people did. Someone did. And someone else repeated it. And it became a real non-existent problem. This is also a time pre-internet as we know it today where anyone who didn't know about an idea, it tore apart their entire world to be confronted with this idea. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but um, there are people that listen to Judas Priest. Have you heard of this band? Well, no, I've never heard of this band. What, what are they all about? Well, they're, they're a heavy metal band. There's also this band called Striper, and they're a heavy metal band. Yeah, but I thought they sang about all the positive things. Yeah, but they're a metal band. This, this information was not present to the majority of the public, not just music fans. But music was easy to blame in general because, at least I think, the, the popular metal of the 80s was about what? Cars, girls, go fast, drink, get stoned. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Thank you. Um, not so different from the 60s, except the production values were, were different. But this is, this is what people were getting, was this message of the horrible people that you've, you've only heard about in fairy tale books. They're real. And they've invaded your society. Well, maybe we all should just accept people with different ideas. That wasn't the mindset. Not, not generally. And I think that's, that's where a lot of the concern comes from. Because there, there was this idea that people moved away from big cities to get away from ideals that made them uncomfortable. And now they've been living outside. And now those ideas are coming back in. Because now the internet is popping up. MTV is running that video again. Metallica wrote a song about a two by four. And so now I have to worry about my kid taking a piece of wood and smacking someone in the head with it. That that's not at all what, what anyone said about Metallica at the time. It was all about how they cut their hair, but that's, that's where, that's where I see it. It's, it's like it was leftover negativity. Everyone was looking for something negative and they wanted to complain about heavy metal because it was easy. I think it's more nefarious than that, honestly. So, <clears throat> it, to me, and th- again, this is my opinion. You know, take that with a grain of salt. But it, it stands to reason that, like during the '80s, the early '90s, stuff like that, there was, a, especially at the uh, 
during the the Reagan administration and even into like HW administration, there was a rampant amount of over-policing happening and a ton of people being incarcerated, right? And so there's this whole anti-drugs, drugs are bad, you go straight to prison, right? Well, despite enacting all of these policies, which they had touted as keeping people safe and, you know, making, you know, rule of law and all that shit, there's still rampant amounts of like people protesting, rioting. There's all sorts of like civil unrest happening. There's people like, you know, being murdered still. There's all this, all all this horrible stuff happening. So the powers that be, honestly, like rather than have to, you know, do the, the big boy job of legislating and actually figure out what's going on. It's again, it's easier to scapegoat, man. Like when your policies are failing, whenever you're selling people a bill of goods that like, Oh, if we just get these drug dealers off the street, now it's all going to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but that doesn't happen when there's still race riots. There's still like all sorts of horrible stuff happening out there over policing. Uh, it's way easier to say, well, yeah, there's obviously some sort of evil satanic element out there. That's, that's causing all this mayhem. That's causing your kids to rebel and to sin because that's, that's a hand wave, right? That's a hand wave. It's way easier to do that than to legislate. And it's, 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 it's a huge cop out and people's lives were legitimately ruined for it. Despite the fact that we have a, uh, freedom of expression, you know what I mean? And freedom of speech enshrined exactly. in our law. Yeah. This, despite all of that, like these people are just flagrantly um, flying in the face of that and trying to legislate that away and, and, and spending all this time and money, all these resources on a scapegoat instead of on social programs and policies that would actually address the economic and or mental crises that are causing these issues. So yeah, it's just way easier to hand wave that away. And yeah, and it's going to be interesting to kind of talk to you, especially Joe, because I think Dan and I have very similar backgrounds being from like a deeply conservative Christian, like rural America that just absolutely feared and abhorred anything outside of what like their pre like determined safe standards were. And that, and again, that, and folks who are from small town America will know exactly what I'm talking about. That bled over way beyond the eighties and nineties into all sorts of media, not just not just metal music, but I mean, from strictly a metal music standpoint, you were not doing yourself any favors in those small towns being known as a, as a metal fan. At the very least, you get made fun of for being a weirdo. You know what I mean? But at the worst, you know, even your friends in, in your church communities would just not want to hang out with you or just they would just talk down to you constantly at church or make you some sort of pariah. It was just the strangest thing. And that continued. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's still going on to some extent. Yeah, it's totally still going on. And I think the fact that like when the times that we grew up, we may have been past the people being incarcerated for being Satanists side of it. But I do think that like the, the we still feel the effects of it. Yeah, e- even to this day, there's still like there's still the fire and brimstone preaching and, and, you know, all of that stuff that's going on in middle America, you know, right now, right this second, right while we are talking, there's somebody talking about this from the other perspective. Right. And I think that it's interesting how afraid people can be of things that are different. But the irony that I found is that I don't know why they're surprised that, that these things exist, that extreme forms of entertainment exist, you know, because again, they do sort of reflect the world that we live in. And I had to fight that so much as a, as a kid, because like, it wasn't the fact that I was listening to bad music. It was the fact that I was listening to popular music. And if it was popular music, because I mean, you know, guys, I, I hate to break it to you guys, but uh, you know, metal is not like as underground as you think it is. Like there are like plenty of people out there in the world that listen to metal, and uh, whether it be you know classic metal uh, all the way all all the way up to the you know whatever those guys in Norway were doing, 
you know, like there's, there, there's so much, um, there's so much nuance to it, but at the same time, like a lot of these guys that wrote these angry lyrics, they were frustrated about a lot of what Mike was talking about, you know, people being incarcerated, uh, for the public good, you know, in, in, in large numbers, because those people were, those people were different or maybe they had different ideals, but, uh, you know, whenever you're looking in, whenever you're looking at like sort of, I'll say modern day, you know, when I grew up, you know, even even once I had gotten past the hurdle of, okay, my parents don't go to this crazy church anymore, right? And when I grew up, I actually didn't even know that there was like a like a like a big panic, like a big moral panic or anything going on. I just thought it was like that church that we went to. <laughs> you know, I thought it was like isolated just to that. So imagine my surprise whenever I'm in high school and I'm starting to check out like all these like Christian bands and stuff. You know, because like we still go to church, but we went to like a less less extreme church, a church that's not going to like talk about repressed memories and 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 satanic influence over heavy metal. But then, you know, at the same time, I'm I'm getting all my CDs together because I'm about to go to a week of youth camp, and then they go through all the CDs and they're all like, "Yeah, I don't know about this. What what it, what is going on? And this band is called Embodiment. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a, like a Christian death metal band." Well, now, Dan, you know, Christians don't worship death and, you know, the devil sometimes appears as an angel of light. So just because you think that this is Christian and I was like, I was like, I, I mean, and, you know, at, at that time, you know, what I wanted to say is what I, what I would have said now is like, I kind of really don't care. I'm really just listening to it for the sweet jams. <laughs> you know, like I'm listening to <laughs> the core of your faith is the murder of your figurehead. Of course you worship death. What are you talking about? Right. A hundred percent, you know, and you know, Oh, what is this? I never could. I never could just explain away the uh, embodiment cover, but I got really, really good at. I did get really good at sort of explaining these things to like youth group leaders and stuff. And it's weird because like they let everybody. The big thing that was popular whenever I was growing up was uh, was was Christian pop punk, and and oh ska. yeah, dude, one hundred percent. Five Iron Frenzy was not the only one. Slick shoes, Goaty Hook, take your pick. Yeah, man, they were all over Five Iron Frenzy, one of the best. You and can't like, handle this. Yeah, but I think uh, it's interesting that like that stuff was all sort of allowed, and like you'd think that you had this like super progressive, uh, you know, the super progressive youth pastor because like he he wears like the uh, the little necklace that's made out of like pure white rocks. You know, he like wears that around, and you know, um, you know, walks around in sandals everywhere, and, and shells whips on out the a, neck, shells on out, the wrist. Yeah, he whips out his acoustic. Yeah, he whips out his acoustic guitar all the time, and like, if you're lucky, you hang out long enough, you might play "Bad Day" by Fuel or something, you know, or or, or something like. You'd be like, "See, I'm hip. Like, I listen to some secular music, and I do this." But as soon as I show up with a copy of "Liberate Dex and Ferris" by Zayo, they're like, "You know, you know what that means, right? It's saying save yourself from hell, but only Christ can save us from hell, Daniel." Like. And it's weird how they're like, they're like something like a switch would get flipped in the brain where it's like, wait a minute, this is all that loud, screamy, satanic stuff. And the reason they think that is 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 sort of a a boil over, you know, from that period in the eighties and nineties where anything that was associated with like death, darkness, uh, or you know, just like the not not the the pleasant sides of life, uh, immediately it's like, yeah, that stuff has has demonic influence. And uh, the the way these guys' vocals sound, you know, th- this could only be done through through the presence of demons, you know, in in them. And and at the same time, like they're saying all this stuff, and I'm still kind of an impressionable kid, and I'm listening to Zayo, and I'm like, 
I mean, maybe, the, maybe they're right. Like maybe like I, I never actually have heard anybody sing like this before. Like maybe that, you know, maybe there's something to it, you know, like you go through like a little bit of that doubt, you know, that, that self doubt of like, well, maybe it's all true and maybe they're just worried about it. And like, I'm not out to defend these people necessarily, but I do want to say this, that a lot of, a lot of the stupid stuff that people have said over the years about, about my music interest and, and things that I'm into really, I think at least in their mind, it was coming from a place of genuine concern. And at the same time too, you also have people that um, we just recorded an episode on a band that's entire, the entire point of the band is to, is to piss off Christians. Right. And so like you have that sort of like extreme stuff. So it's like, I'm standing in a record store trying to convince my mom to let me buy the new Norma Jean album. Right. And, uh, She's like, no, I mean, I, I just don't think that that's, that's going to be a good choice. And I'm like, mom, this kind of music is not satanic. Like nobody, nobody does this anymore. Like this is a Christian man, but like right behind it, right behind it is like a copy of Deicide's Once Upon the Cross. And you're like, God, come on. You know? <laughs> like, I can't even, I can't even catch a break here. And then, and then like your parents are still watching the news. Right. And then they get, they, 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 they hear reports of, you know, a uh, extreme metal band, you know, in Norway, uh, members of that band have been linked to several church burnings and, and murders. And you had all that, you sort of had all that stuff that was going on in Norway during the panic uh, in, in, you know, in the early nineties. And you're like, I don't know, man, like maybe, maybe it is true. And so like, it's stuff like that, that can be a little bit frustrating to have to wade through because like, if we look at it through the lens of, of retrospect, we're like, okay, well, I, you know, I can tell you the entire story of what happened, you know, in Norway and specifically why those things were happening. And, um, you know, if you, if you want to understand what those guys' mindsets were, go back and listen to our, uh, elitism and gatekeeping chat, because that's all that was, was a bunch of guys trying to out metal each other <laughs> and try to try to be more true and try to be more cult and all that. But the thing that sort of, uh, I come back around to is that most of the things that are attributed to being, you know, satanic or being, from the perspective of Satan and, and trying to attack our children and trying to destroy society as we know it. Um, most of the time, like it's, it's literally just misinterpreted motivation. 100%. And I used to think it was a combination of distortion and harsh vocals, but since guitarists have had harsh distortion since the sixties, the seventies, different definition of harsh, but it really did come down to what the vocalist sounded like when we were growing up and everybody was still criticizing the metal for what it sounded like instead of what the actual content was. I'll never forget the day somebody said to Dan, you know, you really should, you know, listen to it. And I'm sure you'll find that, that the message really is evil. And without missing a beat, he said, I have listened to it for years. I have a better idea. You should listen to it. And while you're at it, read the lyrics as much as I have. And maybe you'll have a different opinion. And it came down to, yeah, the dude's just growling at the microphone. Well, Napalm Death have been doing that for years. So because this band decided to have a different message, they were still bad. Because, well, people don't really get angry when they have, when they have, the, when they have you know, positivity in their heart. They don't, they don't make angry sounds like that. Yes, people do have emotions. And when they create art... They do it the way that makes sense to them at the time. I've never met an abstract painter who screamed at the canvas before they threw a bucket of paint at it, but I'm sure that person exists. And you know what? 
I want to see it live. You know, I think the kind of circling back to what I said a little bit earlier, I think one of the really, one of the core tenets of why metal music, especially um, was demonized so hard, especially like not just during like the satanic panic, but like all through the nineties or two thousands and such. If you actually look at most metal bands and their message, they are extremely like uh, anti-violence, anti-war question authority, like anti fascist type stuff. Right. So they're basically, if you look back throughout history, let's say even like theatrical or literary history, otherwise, right. Absurdist literature, absurdist theater or satirical theater and satirical literature has existed to do nothing but formulate a scathing review of the ruling powers or ruling class at the time. And a lot of those folks were executed for it or, or just flogged or other things. Right. So the reality is you can't tell me that something like, you know, thrash or cannibal corpse, anything like that, that has just grotesque lyrics, right. That force people to confront the realities of what's actually happening out there. Right. That's not like ruffling a few feathers and that that's not being like a, a, a satirical or absurdist take on, on what's currently happening. That's, that's damaging to a lot of folks in power. I mean, that's, there's just, there's just no easy way around that. That's exactly what was going on at the time. And so it's really important to, you know, powers that be to control the narrative and not let uh, people start thinking, Hey, that is kind of, it is kind of shitty that people like, you know, get blown apart in war and all this other shit happens. Right. I mean, if you want the best example of, of this being true, look at what happened uh, to support for the Vietnam War once all the televised images started coming back to the American people. It cratered overnight, overnight. The minute they started co- providing coverage of the war and, and unfiltered coverage, support just cratered overnight. And so when people are given the chance to think about, reflect upon, or even be confronted by the reality of the world in which we live, by these satirical or just over-the-top you know, artists it's really hard to build and control a narrative and maintain a status quo when that's the case. And this was also the same time of the the rise of the moral majority under Falwell and that kind of stuff too. So you had the invasion of evangelical Christianity into the political sphere. You had the demon, uh, things were being demonized for music wise, things like that. And so I think a heavy part of that reason was because of the fact that it was a satirical force that was openly encouraging people, especially kids to confront uh, the reality which they were living. Yeah, and that was sort of in a best case scenario, right? Like that if the band, you know, because I mean, obviously we know that like some of these artists uh, absolutely were doing it just for the fact that like, oh, right now everybody's afraid of Satanism right now. So if we talk about Satan like a whole bunch, we're going to actually get like really, really popular via word of mouth. You, you know, like people are going to check us out. You know, that's how that's how you get your deicides, you know. People always dick ride, dude. That's throughout history, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... And and that's the whole thing is that the the problem is though is like guys like that end up doing more damage to the people that are doing it for more I I don't know genuine reasons you know and um, that's not to say it, I'm I'm not trying to say that deicide is you know I I don't know I'm not trying to say anything bad about that band they're easy <laughs> scapegoat they're if easy ever, scapegoat yeah if we ever do an episode on that band I'll have plenty of things to say about them in that episode but. I do think that like it, it, you know, talking about, you know, being at the record store and you seeing these, seeing these records in the background and stuff, you know, your, your mom's just going to be like, yeah, but this one's got pentagrams all over it. Or this one's got this over it. And I don't know, son, I read in a news article the other day that, uh, you know, and I was like, okay, fine. I, you know what? I won't buy the record, but let's leave. I'm, I'm late for my D and D session with my friends. Wait, you're what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm playing. I'm going to play dungeons and dragons with the boys later. 
No, no, you're not. No, no, no. Because, because see, mom just read a pamphlet saying that, you know, these are some signs that you need to look out for is, is, is your child, um, is, is your child listening to satanic rock music? Is your child playing Dungeons and Dragons? Is your child, uh, is your child a vegetarian? That was actually a real legit thing from a, from a, from a panic era, uh, like <laughs> public service announcement. It's like, Oh, if they're, if they're vegan, they're definitely, and, and the vegan connection is funny because like, I know a lot of the guys that were like anti-fascist in the nineties were also vegans, you know, uh, napalm death being a primary example. Uh, and so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, like those guys, yeah, those guys are vegans, but they're also like anti-fascist. But as we all know, anti-fascist is, is just a front organization for whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like whatever political ideology that you don't agree with, that's what insert insert straw man here, right? Yeah, yeah, just just throw them up there, right? But I do think that, like overall, um, I, overall, you're right. Like a lot of these, a lot of these, um, and and I know this is this part of it is is a little bit more conspiracy theory because it's not, it's obviously not like very publicized. But the idea that like. Yeah, these guys are just saying things that are going to upset the general order of things. If a band writes a song called F the police, <laughs> you know, uh, then it's like, oh, no, they're, the, the, this is going to cause civil unrest. The most amount of people that hear this, they're going to rise up against the police force and overthrow them. And let's be completely honest, they're going to upset a whole bunch of middle class folks. And those are the folks that we uh, that we cater to the suburban middle class. So, like, it it makes more sense that these sort of ideals are being targeted more at like suburban life. And I think that's also why, uh, like, you know, they targeted sort of, sort of daycares were, were some, one of the biggest target because daycares, uh, and I never made this connection until this week. I was reading a, like a lot of stuff about, about panic and all of that. This is an and exclusive how the reason right here. Yeah. The reason they were attacking <laughs> daycares was because why, why did daycares exist in the eighties? Because, because mom and dad be- got to go to work. Yeah, working parents. Because yeah. mom, mom started working. That's true, right? And and, and if mom starts working, then uh, that means that the the family unit has been broken up. And the most sacred thing to the conservative world is the family unit. We don't we don't want to break up the nuclear yeah, family, <laughs> right? Right? And uh, you know that's oh my god, that's terrible. So then it's like in home daycare. Oh well, do you know what they're doing to the kids at those daycares? You know, like like it, it sort of starts off subtly. And, um, and I don't necessarily think that that was like the reason why we had like the panic in general. I think even back in the sixties and seventies, when heavy metal was first starting to become a genre, you know, obviously people didn't, people just didn't like how it sounded. So they found any way to like demonize it, you know, uh, and the bands played along with it because they're like, yeah, well, we don't want you to listen to it anyway. You're not um, the audience. Yeah. Like we, we want, we're basically reaching out to people that are like, yeah, man, I jive with that, you know, like a little bit see of a carryover from the hippies, you know? Yeah. And jazz too. jazz. Well, see also jazz, right. Or anything swing or early rock and roll. Yeah. All the above, right. It, any music that exposes the tritone is evil. Yeah, man. You get that, that galloping <laughs> triplet going. And then it's just, that's, that's the devil's downbeat right there, baby. Well, a lot of those, a lot of that music wasn't made by white people. Yeah. That start, too. Starting out. Right. And so like, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole tonight, but uh, that's something that that's something that I think played a lot a big role into it as well. But uh, you know this this constant demonization of things that are different. We definitely live in a more progressive, diverse world now, um, and there's obviously like a lot of growing pains with that. And this isn't I'm not trying to have a political discussion here, uh, but obviously like people are far more accepting overall. People people are always offended by like 
you know, um, what is, you know, I can't believe this person said this about this group of people. I can't believe this person said that. But so that's, that's, that's also where like, if you can use Satan or heavy metal or video games as the bag, my Mike said this perfectly earlier, you know, like if you, if you can say that, like, if you don't want to say, I don't like this particular group of people, I can just take a type of music and say, that's the bad guy. Yeah, and it just, man, dude, right it there. just so, yeah, it just so happens that, uh, that group of people includes or, or that genre of music includes a lot of people from a group of people you don't like. Right. Yep. Um, you know, and we always joke. That's, that's the reason why a lot of suburbanites don't like rap music. I just think they can't relate to it. Um, but I think that, uh, the, I think that the crux of it too, in Christianity, I think, I think that's, I, I people always have like, why do you care so much about Christian music? And I think part of this is why, because it stands out to me as one of the biggest anomalies and one of the things that you would not be able to predict to come out of all of this, right? Like, uh, where, 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 where did all these guys that are listening to heavy music, like how, how were they not so systematically shut down, uh, by their peers, you know, <laughs> like, like by better Christians and, and, and all of that. And, uh, the answer is, is they absolutely just had to go through a lot harder of a road than just like any band that's starting out. Right. Like you had bands, uh, what was that? It was a band, uh, horde. It wasn't even a real band, but it was just, uh, it was just one guy sat down and recorded, a a a, a raw black metal album, you know, in the, st- in the style of true Norwegian black metal. And, um, you know, the record label starts getting death threats from people. And, and it's the kind of thing that like the Satanists all hate you and want you to die. Right. Um, for, for doing this, because what you've done is you've basically like infiltrated their camp, right. Or you've, you've, you, you've got in on the ground floor on something that you should have never been allowed. You know, we got to get better security out here in the black metal scene. Right. And, uh, but then these guys also like, they're making this music like in private because, you know, your pastor comes in and he's not going to be like, oh, well, um, you know, people are, people are like, oh, well, you can't really, um, <laughs> lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is live. Um, <laughs> they're, they're like, you know, your pastor can't come in and you're like, yeah, well, I'm making this raw on black metal album. So it'll, it'll, it'll reach out to people that are fans of black metal. And I won't get into how like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Anybody that's like a hardcore black metal fan. Um, it's all bad if it's not your favorite band in that genre. <laughs> yes, that's that's basically what it it's comes part out of the to. Deal. The, we accept you for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, can I? Would you guys mind if I kind of just did like a quick, like, just shared quickly my life experience with this? Because this, this, yeah, when Dan yeah, yeah. first when you first brought this up, man, that man that hit home hard because that like that dug up a lot of other stuff from being a kid. That I was just like, whoa, I forgot all about that. Mike's like, all so, my issues are coming back. You. Sp- yeah, inspired oh my god. me <laughs> I, had a di- I had my therapist just like dialing oh my god oh my god uh but no so a lot of you out there that grew up in rural america are gonna just you know have just you know war flashbacks here but essentially i grew up in a really weird time so it was you know the internet was a thing like an actual thing you could really utilize i was about probably 13 or 14 years old you know and so before that everything that you would be involved with or have any sort of like knowledge of came from firsthand sources of people who are involved in that or communities that you hung out in or groups you hung out in, uh, or you'd go to the library and get some books on a subject, right? So you had to do a lot of, um, research on your own or word of mouth, things like that. And you relied heavily upon communities in which you were uh, involved. So being from a very conservative and very, uh, religious family and being uh, essentially raised in this very conservative, very religious 
um, evangelical church, the holdover from the satanic panic around heavy metal was, uh, it just, it never went away. A lot of the, you know, parishioners in this church were in their eighties when I was a kid and they, they, they had gone through all this you know, hoopla. And so essentially, um, my parents essentially relied on whatever, like a pastor or a elder, of the church would tell them about certain things. Even if these people had no idea what they were talking about, like no, no idea whatsoever. And so, you know, rock music in general was just demonized. Uh, heavy metal was out of the question entirely. Everybody was just satanic, but it bled over into other things uh, in my life uh, beyond that. So one of the one of the silliest examples of that is I got like just really way too into Pokemon as a kid, and uh, I never forget my my mom heard from I think some at the time like some pastor or some I think it was even a chat room. It may have been that late later on in my childhood that it was some sort of Eastern mysticism. And so without doing any research, without watching the show, without researching anything about that, even just asked me, hey, what's this all about? Could you explain this to me? It was just over and done. I think she like took all my Pokemon cards and burned them. And it was just like, oh my so God. Ins- wow, it was so insane because, and again, like this doesn't have, you're saying, well, Mike, this doesn't have anything to do with, with heavy metal. The like, word it, is it, derived it, from pocket monsters. Yeah. What's evil it, about it, that? It does. It does have everything to do with heavy metal because that that mindset in in these small like Christian communities in rural America and in evangelical churches just was this self perpetuating machine of just like ignorance and like not even wanting to be involved in what your kids were a part of. You just took someone else's word for it, and so yeah, the, the music equation I had to fight just tooth and nail to get Christian music in my and I'm not even talking like Christian metal. I'm talking like insiders and five iron frenzy and like supertones, like really innocuous, like very overtly Christian bands. And even that was like scowled upon. Right. And so I had to fight, fight, fight for this. And throughout my entire life, I mean, I, I, I played in a band. We, you know, we were around doing tours and playing shows for 10 years. And that entire time, I think my, my dad came to a show, like one show, one time, and then after that, it was like, why are you involved in all this, this satanic bullshit? Like the whole time and never once was the subject broached of like, well, what are you guys singing about? Like, what's, wh- why are you guys choosing this particular rhythm or, 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 you know, key? Because again, the holdover from that just prepackaged dismissal of something you don't understand from the eighties and nineties, it bled over into every aspect of life in rural America. Truly it did. And if you were if you were a kid in a church involved in this stuff, I mean, I cannot I cannot recall the number of times that my youth pastor, if I started questioning something, would like chastise me and say like, you know, like it's it's really ungodly for you to question my authority. Like God God has anointed me to lead like you know this congregation, and like you're supposed to submit to like the leadership because I was appointed by God. The number of times that that was said, and and looking back on it now, you know, it's like makes your jaw drop. But at the time, like you are forced to grow up in this community that gaslights you to thinking that you're, they're doing the very best thing for you while at the same time making you feel like a total piece of shit because they don't want to actually deal with or address or even um, investigate something that they don't understand. It's just this, this, it happened in the eighties. Oh yeah. We, we talked about that back then. It's all part of X, Y, and Z and just it's bad. Right? So it, it was a really unusual thing to grow up in a, in a situation like that. High school was, was a little bit better because by then, you know, <laughs> new metal had happened. I think 
with the number of jinkos and like all the other shit out there were like enough that I probably snuck by a little bit there. I got a little bit of a free pass, but it was very much not a normal thing. I had a great group of friends and I was, I was generally well liked by everybody at school, but like I, we didn't hang out outside of school because the, the interest pool for those types of things were just like maybe 1% or less of the student body. And so it's a, it's a weird thing. I mean, if this is like New York city, if I was raised in, in New York or anywhere else like that, I, I wouldn't have this experience at all because I'd have so many different cultures and backgrounds and stuff around me all the time. I could easily find some, some niche to get into and just like, and, and express myself and have a good time. Right. But in the community I was in, that didn't exist. And so this, this weird combination of growing up feeling like, uh, from the time you're a little kid, like, well, I'm going to go to hell because I, I like, you know, I like listening to fucking turbo lover by Judas priest or, uh, it's just, it's baffling, but the, the, the people who are like trying to like, um, just condemn this at a 50,000 foot view because they're trying to save your soul or to use some sort of a, of, of good are doing irreparable harm to people. And a lot of this stuff I didn't even realize I'd carried with me in adulthood until, you know, some sort of life event happens. And I'm just like, Oh shit, I guess I didn't get out of childhood unscathed. You know, it's like, <laughs> so I got to tell you guys, I, I mean, I hope somebody listening tonight or listening in general to this just resonates with that because it is a, to, to someone that wasn't involved in that or someone from like a bigger city, it's going to sound like the most like cult, just wacky shit you've ever heard in your entire life. But like, if you're from a place like me or a place like Dan, like it was the most normal thing. And you were just like, you were the asshole perpetually growing up. It was, it was you. Cause you had some sort of unusual interest or like uh, unorthodox thing you were involved in. And it, it was just, it was just baffling and a, and a hard thing to deal with. If I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're giving me uh you're giving me flashbacks over here. Uh, you know, because it, yeah, it was, I mean, it was exactly like that. Like, like just trying to get anything past. I tried to buy like a, I tried to buy a third eye blind tape one time. Um, and this probably would have been, I don't know. I don't remember the exact year, but. Oh, I um, remember this story. Yeah. And it was like, the, <laughs> it was like, and don't get me wrong. Like my parents to their credit did read the lyrics instead of just deciding that because I had a tape that they were just going to throw it away. Like every now and again, they would have a moment where I'm like, hold on. This might actually be okay. Like they're going to, I might get past this. Right. You're lucky. And, really? Yeah. I, well, I wish that would have happened. That didn't happen all the time, uh, because I mean, four years before that, they 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 threw all my Ninja Turtle toys away because Ninja Turtles were going to cause me to become violent and 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 aggressive and and and, and all of that stuff. You know what I mean? So I live like and like no explanation given other than like no, you can't watch Power Rangers because the Power Rangers use crystals to power their Megazord, and uh, that's witchcraft. And and there there's it's not not in my house. And, and, and all of that. And so like, was it crystals? I, they, I thought it was the morphine grid. That is the morphine grid, but they don't know anything about it. That's the, <laughs> that's the entire point. They don't know anything about it. Who's this they're giant just, head on the wall who tells these children what to do? Right. Well, I mean, no, well, but you know, Zordon is considered an interventional wizard. Oh God, wizard. You know, we don't have to talk about what happened when Harry Potter became mainstream. Is right? this a bad time like, to point out that all the parents that had a issue with metal and Pokemon and insert whatever wizardry and witchcraft thing probably went to see Star Wars and liked it. That's different. That's science fiction. It's all technology. Well, you're forgetting, Joe, like Harry Potter, that's mysticism. That's witchcraft. That is of Satan. You cannot be involved in that wizard and demon world, right? 
So you better get your ass back to your room and read about the demons and the wizards and uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis because God be praised, they they were some Christian men. But the demons and wizards and Harry Potter that's that's a step too far. Totally different. Yeah, it's all it's all secular, right? Like it's so funny because I had to actually explain to somebody the other day what the word secular meant because they're like, I don't think I've ever really like heard that terminology used. I was like, it was one of the most used words in my childhood growing up, ever. I mean, like. Hey, you don't you don't have a bunch of secular music in that in that CD case, do you? Uh, I mean, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a little Metallica. That's secular. Okay, mortification. That's okay. Flip it. Yeah, it's like it's like mortification. That's okay. Flip it. Okay, POD. That's okay. Flip it. Limp Biscuit. Nope, that's out. That's secular. Uh, well, you yeah, corn. That's secular. Lincoln Park. Oh, I don't know, man. Isn't that the one where they? Isn't that the song where they they just yell "shut up" to their to your parents? And I was well, I think it was just "shut up" to everybody, not specifically your parents. Uh, but you know, and, and and just sort of having to fight those battles, and like that's the little stuff, right? Like I can't tell you how many times I've been at a Christian event and had something that I owned that I paid for uh, ripped out of my hands and thrown away, like because it was evil, like like fr- like from a authority figure, you know, like like the youth leader that that was in charge of that or. Or whatever, and you know, can't even get into. I mean, we, I, I've, I've told this story on the podcast a few t- times about how, like, I had friends at school that would, that would dub me tapes of uh, secular music, <laughs> and uh, check my what you do tape, is, man. yeah, you can write on the tape whatever you want, right? So you put like, you know, gospel hymns, uh, volume four for like Slayer, <laughs> Seasons of the Abyss, right? Or <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you just, you just, you, you, and, you know, eventually they find out and they throw the tape away, right? Because they're like, oh my God, I can't believe that Satan is influencing my household as I go, you know? And it's, it really, but it really was like, it's, it's funny now. Didn't I overdub a like, Dolly Parton tape one time for you? Maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, there, I mean, but it was always like, hide it, hide it, hide it, hide it, hide it. That's why I got, I got someone to headphones. You know, they ask why, they ask why, why heavy metal fans, especially are so obsessed with wearing headphones all the time. And a lot of the, a lot, at least for me personally, it was because if nobody else could hear it, nobody was going to say something to me about it. You know, it's like always I, I'm still to this day a little defensive and a little bit high strung uh, because I'm waiting for somebody to come challenge what I'm doing. Tired of being hassled. Yeah. Just trying like, to just. Yeah. Yeah. Like, put it on a boom box in your room and no matter how low you turn it, somebody from the next room is like, turn that fucking shit off. That's just You know, what I mean, you're tired of being hassled about it. You know what I mean? It's just the worst. Yeah, it's terrible. It's like. You know, and like, especially your parents, if there's anything they hated more than heavy riffs and growled vocals, it's rapping, right? So like trying to trying trying to navigate through the whole new metal thing. For different know, reasons, though. Different, different reasons. Totally. Maybe. Um, the it's, or, it's a I style like, of music that historically diction is one of the most important pieces of the puzzle. So you can really understand what he's saying. And he's saying it fast and he's delivering it rhythmically so it's, yeah, it's you're, bad, you're overthinking right? that joe you're over you're overthinking that it was a, there's a way easier reason why my parents there's a didn't way like there's a way easier yeah a way easier i'm trying to save you both <laughs> trying to save us from getting demonetized right yeah so like th- there is sort of that 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 scary moment where you're like you know because i remember like somebody tapping like what are you listening to oh yeah just some music oh yeah well what oh well uh you know it's just this uh this, just slayer what what, what is that uh, slayer yeah Slayer. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't have that here. Grabs it out of my CD player, throws it in the trash. Like I've lost I've lost at least like 15 to 20 CDs like that. Um I mean nobody does it to me now cuz I'm like grown up and I'm scary, like especially when I have a beard, you know. <laughs> but like yeah. So right now, you know, right now my CDs are fair game. You can just come 
Mike's going to come into work, you know, one day, grab my Bluetooth speaker and be like, this is satanic and throw it in the trash. Right. Um, but it's I Eastern mean, mysticism. Yeah. Or like having a, I mean, I don't know if you can relate to this, Mike, how many times have you had to like be, how many times have you had to leave an event and go change your shirt and come back? You know, like as a teenager, you know, like I had that. And of course my parents were just like, I didn't even know that he had a terrible shirt like that. You know, oh, dude, so it was no, I couldn't even have, it was a non-starter in my house. Non-starter. So I'm going to tell you guys a story and I swear to God that this is a hundred percent true. This is a hundred percent true. This is as it happened. And some of you guys out there are going to think that it is absolutely just that I'm, I'm full of shit and I'm telling tales. But I swear this is true. So owning, owning shirts like that shit, no way. So I, I dared when I lived at home still to have a, uh, a fucking uh, doomsday machine poster for arch enemy, my wall, in my bedroom. Cause that album, first of all, if you guys haven't listened to that. Go fucking listen to that album because as an audio engineer producer myself, that is a flawless album from an audio engineering standpoint. And it also just slaps the riffs are sick, but I had that poster on my wall. I love that album. I was listening to it. And I came home one night. I was, I think I was either working, came home. It's probably like around eight or nine. And my mom was sitting in her, in her armchair and she was like wide as a sheet and like eyes wide. And like, I walked in, I was like, you all right. And she goes, did you see that, that it's gone? And I said, what? She says, your, your, your poster the one with the skull and, and like the, the thing on it, it's gone. I was like, uh, my arch enemy poster. What, what are you talking about? She goes, I walked by your room earlier, Mike, and I felt a spirit that was mocking me and mocking God. And that poster was mocking me and it was mocking God. And so I, I rebuked it in Jesus's name and I tore it into pieces and I tried to burn it, but it would not burn. And so I had to rebuke every piece in Jesus's name and burn each piece one by one because the spirit of you know, whatever insert here was in that. And was, it was evil. It was mocking us and mocking our family. Swear to God that, oh my that gosh. happened. That Dude. is like word for word. What happened? So have it. What do you, what do you mean? Having a Slayer t-shirt? Dan? <laughs> like, it, yeah, it, right. it had nothing to do with the poster being covered in anti-flammable materials. My, no, it was Satan was protecting was Satan. the poster. Joe, Satan it, it personally was, ensures all of your have heavy you metal never, posters. Joe, have you never walked home and just saw a painting or poster on your wall and thought that's mocking me and mocking God? Like, if you have, what's wrong with you? I've I've, I've never had that thought. You could process. reach that conclusion walking down the street. Oh yeah, remember that's, Joe didn't that's, grow that's up like God. us. Okay, only we are sensitive. <laughs> only we are sensitive. I'm starting to feel bad for you guys. I already felt bad gonna, for Dan. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Well, and I'm not. This is not like I'm not gonna tell a similar story to Mike's in the in the spirit of one upping him because I'm not. His story's way like funnier. Um, dude, I, you know, you, you know, I almost want to respond to like, do you feel good now, mom? Like, do you, do you feel cool now? Like, do you feel powerful in, in doing that? Because like, we eh. both know, we both know that you just crumbled that up and threw it in the trash. Like, you, you know, no, like, no, 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 no. She burned it. She showed oh me. Oh my God. She burned it. I, she made me look at it and I'm telling you, dude, like what? So here's the thing. That's, that's just, that's mental illness, dude. Like, what what are you supposed to say to that? Like, what if kind you of, were really hearing voices telling you to burn things? Yeah, that's how yeah. do I? How do I? And by this point, you know, I was probably about eighteen years old, so living at home, and and still as a, as as a adult, you know, I worked a full time job. I was I worked a job. So here's the thing: I worked off campus full time. I worked on campus at college as a writing instructor and like an adjunct sometimes, and played in a band that traveled around the place. Right. So I, I had all this responsibility. I paid for everything I owned. I had all my own shit, right? But still, as an adult, like that pursued me into adulthood. And to be honest with you, for the entire time that I was in that house, it was unbelievable. And it was, yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't like joking. Like she was like legitimately believing that. So how do you, there's nothing you can say to that, right? 
I had I had a very similar experience. My dad, uh, I so we, we used to have a family computer in our basement, right? Like it was a it was a Gateway two thousand, very similar to a computer I have behind me that's off off camera, but uh, that's actually belongs to Joe. Before you know, he jumps in and says that he's just uh, anyway. Um, but no, so we had that computer, and like I would always throw like. Um, do you remember how Windows used to like it would just take whatever was in your my pictures and it would use that as a screensaver if you walk away? It can still do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it used to do that all the way back in the days of Windows Millennium Edition. And um we and I remember I had downloaded so I, I had just learned how to like digitize my music because you know I was tired of people throwing my CDs away. Uh so I was like, okay, this this computer has a disk drive, so I can just rip all of the songs onto my computer and uh and I can have them there in a folder. And you know, if I'm really worried about it, I can name that folder Gospel Hits Volume Four, right? You know, if I'm <laughs> if I'm really concerned the gay about for it. family. And here's what's funny is like this was this was multiple years after my parents had stopped going to the Pentecostal church. And so you know, my parents weren't on me to the same level that they were maybe when I was like really young, but they were still sort of keeping their eyes open, looking for things. And I think it was just, I think it was just muscle memory, old behavior that they were repeating because over time, my parents progressively became cooler. Right. Uh, but at this particular juncture, I think I was already in high school and I had just ripped a copy of in flames reroute to remain. Uh, it's and a good record. if you guys, yeah, it is it's a great record. Um, but the, well, the CD got thrown away spoilers. Um, but essentially what it was is it had, um, you know how that has like the jester head on the cover of it. Every in flames record had like a jester head thing. So that artwork that I downloaded to go with my, uh, I think I was using like windows media player or something, or maybe it was Winamp, uh, to display the artwork. Why do you, you had to go to a browser and download the art, like programs like that didn't just find the artwork online for you and just pop it in there. We're so spoiled Uh, today. Yeah, so I had to download like JPEGs of all of these all of these cover artworks, and uh, I go, oh my god! So I come home from school, and my dad's like, "Sit down," <laughs> and I'm I'm like, "All right, what's up, dad?" You know what I mean? I got that look on my face. You know, I'm like, "What are you?" I mean, come on, dude. He said and it I just like that. I guarantee the original, it. the original, the original uh, thought that I had. The first thing that came to my mind was. Oh God! Did I leave my CD case in my locker like I was supposed to, or did I actually? Is it in my backpack right now? I actually, I actually can't remember. I don't actually know. And uh, he's like, "You left the computer on this morning," and I'm like, "Look, Dad, I'm sorry. I know, I know the computer. It's, you're not, you know, uh, you're not made of money. I know that the computer is like having another refrigerator. Blah 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 blah. Right? And he's like, "No, that's not what I'm talking about." He goes, "Uh, he goes, I was, I, you know, he goes, imagine my surprise when I was downstairs." Uh, looking for something. I look over at the computer screen and see a picture of Satan staring right back at me. <laughs> the dark one himself. <laughs> and then, of course, I, I, I was kind of a douchebag. I, I was still a douchebag even back then, I guess is the better way to say it. Thank you for that um, amendment to your upcoming uh, yeah. statement. I originally, and, and I, I go, I go, oh my God, Dad, did, did my brother take a picture of Satan? <laughs> you know? And, uh, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, the lateral yeah, pass yeah, to the little yeah. brother, man. There you go. Big brother, yeah. He fired up the chain. Hell yeah. Oh dude, my god. Yeah, and it was funny because I didn't even know what he was talking about. He's like, he's like, no. He goes, a picture of Satan flashed upon the screen and uh a picture of hell flashed across this. Yeah, <laughs> you like, should have asked your dad, how do you know what Satan looks like? How do you yeah. know what he looks like, Dad? 
that's an old what that's, have you been doing? I, that's old hat i'd been doing saying that for years uh <laughs> but he was like he was like then there was a picture of hell and then a very sexually suggestive picture and i was like dad you know the internet's kind of a complex place you know uh you need, you need to make sure you know maybe you clicked on something and that's why you're seeing all these images right like oh yeah come on dad you, you don't trust me this is not the first suggestive image you've seen on the internet come on don't lie but then dad's like He's like, look at all of these pictures. And then he pulls up the folder. It's it's my it's my JPEGs folder. I knew what he was talking about. I'm not stupid. You know? And uh he's like, he's like, all these pictures fly across. I was like, oh, those are just I was like, those are just album covers. And he's like, album covers? Albums that you own? And I was like, Well, I mean, I did spend the birthday money that you gave me to get it. So I mean, technically, I guess you own it. You know, and uh he was like he was all like, look at this. And he opens up Rewrite to Remain. And there's like all these pictures of just like a jester. And then there's some people, like some zombies moving, you know, underneath it. It's like a really cool. It's really cool. Line oh, that look album. at that guy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah. So the guy at the very top, that's Satan. And all of those people underneath him are us. And, uh, and this and that and this and that. And then, you know, he's like, where's this album located in my house? And, you know, of course, I have to show him, right? So, like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's this one. Dude, he, like, I mean, must have been like 20 or 30 CDs and just, just <laughs> I mean, just in the garbage. And he's like, I don't oh. want this. I don't want this in my house again. And, dude, you know what was in there? You know what was in there? The first Soil Work album. And, like, that yeah. wasn't easy. That wasn't easy for me to get in the early 2000s. I had to import that. Like, I had to pay. I, I had to send. I had to send a, a I had to send cash, well hidden cash, because that's how we did things back then. I had to send well hidden cash uh to a distributor, and then the distributor um essentially um he would he would he would get a he would procure a copy of the album from like Century Media over in Europe, and then he, he would get it mailed and be mailed to me. So like it not only it's was like doing that a drug deal, really, yeah. like you're doing a drug deal to get a hold of the not only, soil work. Not, yeah, not only <laughs> not only was Norwegian that CD, black metal. That CD was $30. I got some deathcore right here. Not that's not including shipping like at all. <laughs> it, it that that's not including any of that. So, so and it took like 8 weeks for it to show up. Like I mean it was a a huge thing and just oh my god, dad threw it in the trash a week later. Like holy crap, you know? And um that was $30 in late 90s money kids when it was <laughs> when it was all shit load yeah, of money. I mean this was ordering this was CDs absolutely- used to be much more expensive for everybody. Oh, boy. Yeah, and the Columbia Record Club had figured out that we were all scamming them, you know, by that point. So like there wasn't a whole lot that you could really that you could really do, but I remember like really being taken aback by that because like my dad didn't like he wasn't like, "Oh, I prayed over this," or "I felt that I was being mocked by this," or like, you know, it, it wasn't like I'm going to go burn these or anything. I mean, he did throw them all away, but uh, it, it was just really strange to me because at the time I didn't really consider my dad to be that religious anymore. And what's even more ironic about it is that like, dude, we used to clean records out. We had this with my, and they still have it. They, my parents have like a hun- at least like a hundred or 200 LPs that are um, in a closet underneath their, underneath their basement stairs. And, and you know, what's in there. Uh, my dad's black Sabbath albums and Led Zeppelin albums and stuff, because my dad came from a came from a weird background, you know, and was he was kind of um, the kind of guy that people would have considered to be a deadbeat back in the day, back in the day, or at least in his words, like he said. I don't want to listen you know? to this stuff anymore because it's bad for you. But you know, I spent money on it, so I'm going to keep it. He had told me years prior to that that I could listen to those records as long as my mom wasn't around. You know what I mean? So like, 
very very inconsistent right you get like mixed messages a little bit but um but yeah it just stuff like that absolutely blows my mind and it's weird now that i'm adult and i'm starting to realize where like a lot of those mindsets come from because i used to think people were just being mean for no reason like i didn't i actually didn't understand it i used to be like a lot more innocent as far as like oh my god when somebody would mess with me i'd be like why are you doing this to me you know like like I'd get like really, really upset about it. And uh, all the sarcasm just came from being defensive. Like an argument can be made that if I hadn't been treated that way when I was younger, that like I'd be a much nicer person now, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, it's not, it's not all the songs about death and Satan and mutilation that made me a bad guy. (laughs) You did this to me. Um, I learned from watching you. Yeah. John, uh, John from uh, John from brutally speaking podcast had a good comment. He's like, and him and I were actually talking about this last week. He goes, my dad found religion and changed his whole life based on a suggested video on YouTube. So some people are susceptible to some things, uh, to such things. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, that's that, that is, uh, him and I were talking about that. Uh, John came to town last week. We went and hung out and then we went and saw a tree with nothing more. So shout out to that night. But, uh, what was interesting is that, you know, we, we still see that to this day. So like the idea of like, Oh, that's in the past. It was like in the eighties and nineties and people don't think that way. Now it's like, yeah, dude, absolutely. There's an uncomfortable amount of people that actually do. Lance had a great comment a while back that the boogeyman, like we just, we've been talking about the whole time. Yeah. The boogeyman, it just changes, right? Heavy metal, video games, social media, take your pick. I mean, anytime anything happens, even like recently when, when like these horrendous tragedies happen, like the, there people go straight for school. What were they listening to? Oh, they were involved in this or that. Like, it's they want to scapegoat and make a boogeyman because that's way easier to do than addressing the complex social issues that lead to this type of behavior, right? So it just all circles right back, and it takes a lot of. I mean, I'm I'm a dad, and I got I I, I never thought I'd ever be a dad, right? And I got a, a almost eight month old baby at home right now, and he's awesome. And now I'm thinking to myself, like it's going to take a lot of hard work, not just to 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 do the bare minimum and like provide food and shelter and stuff, but like I need to be active. And a participant in like stuff that he's into and kind of make sure that it's, you know, age appropriate. Or is it like it, that, that takes a lot of work, like actually being into stuff and sitting down with your kids and having those types of sometimes awkward or hard conversations, but that's called, sorry, folks, that's called fucking, that's being a parent, right? That's, that's being a parent. Only you can make that choice for your, for your family. Right. And so, yeah, I have some outside guidance i guess but that's not gonna that's not gonna you know make my decision for me it it takes a lot of effort to be involved in things and then kind of figure out you know with your with your kids what's best and kind of help them grow and mature and learn on their own so it's 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 just again what it boils down to is and lance hit it it's boogeyman it's way easier to make a scapegoat than it is to actually try to you know formulate an informed opinion or actually do parenting right because it's easier to say you have to be into what I'm into because I already understand the things I'm into and I know what's good and what's bad. And then I don't have to deal with trying to understand other things that you might be into that I'm not necessarily into. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, John brought up a good point too. Uh, weird that it's not any of the contents that have been around for those years. Uh, but sure. Blame it on whatever shifts the blame and responsibility off of yourself. It Satan did it, you know? Um, I, a really good point too about the uh, this is probably the last thing I'll end up saying about the actual satanic panic itself, but uh, there is uh, you know there 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 was the idea of like one of the things that 
had first shown up on the radar of investigators in the 80s was the idea that like it wasn't like strangers that were abusing kids, but they were finding out that it was actually happening in the household and the parents, and they couldn't explain that away. And it was just so heinous that they couldn't wrap their minds around it. So they're just like, oh, because the parents are members of a satanic cult, right? Like, like it was just like, like, like just rolls off the tongue. Well, this is so evil that literally only Baphomet himself is the one that, you know, the big guy is the only one that could be orchestrating something so horrible. And instead of wanting to face the reality, but to your guys' other point about like being a parent and, and, and sort of determining what's going on with your kids. I know a lot of people that are our age think that they're super progressive and think that they're super accepting of things that are not like, you know, uh, because they don't want to grow up like us. So like they, a lot of people uh, that are going to be listening to this probably grew up and had the same sort of experiences that we did. But I think the, the thing that you have to look at is you have to sort of apply that to, to how things are now, you know, that we all inevitably will become our parents and I see it all the time, especially in social media, because that's the bad guy that I'm going to use to to make this point is, uh, you know, I see it all the time. Like, oh, only kids in the 90s would understand our generation. Our, uh, we were the last generation of people that that uh, that played video games, but also played outside. And we're, we're the last generation that also did this. So there's always like, you know, and, and all I'm thinking of is that like meme that I see, which is like old man yells at cloud, you know, because. I see all, I see people that are very, very progressive about social cause turn around and be like, yeah, I like everything except country and rap. That stuff sucks. Right. Or they'll it'd be like, I will never let my kids listen to this. You know, I'll never let my kids listen to, to rap or, you know, I'll never let my kids watch TikTok because TikTok is destroying music and it's destroying, you know, all of these, all, all of these things or when everybody was like terrified about twerking and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> But like these are these are the new bad guys. These are the new boogeymen. These are the new different things that we may not necessarily understand because we're too old. You know what I mean? Like to get it. You know, one of the biggest things is like understanding, um, understanding the newer generation's humor and how like they enjoy like absurdist humor. And a lot of that stuff uh, gets brushed over by people our age, and they're just like, oh, they just don't get it. Or you know, like because I've I've tried showing coworkers certain memes and. Uh, certain uh, certain videos and stuff and they'll just watch it and be all like yeah I mean I guess that's funny in kind of a basic sort of way so like there's already like a there's already like a huge gap between like our generation and the newer generation and so you know and I'm not here to preach to anybody but you know maybe before you're just like that music's evil or that TV show's evil or that entertainment is evil right or this social cause is evil like you might want to compare what you're saying to things maybe that your parents have said to you as you were growing up and and see and see where the parallels are and it's hard because like obviously none of us think that we're the bad guy in our own movie right like we we are the protagonist of what we've got going on and so when you become a parent your priorities shift and that's why that's why I tried to not to hold a lot of this stuff against my parents because I know that in their mind, they were modern, they were progressive, and they were worried about my soul, and they were worried about these things that, yeah, it turns out that a lot of it was pretty dumb and pretty unfounded, but it did come from a place of, of genuine concern. Well, I'm going to take a different approach to the same lesson because it's a message for life, right? It's, it's not a message for parenting specifically. You have to watch all the movies, to know for sure which ones are bad and which ones are good, subjectively. 
to speak about something with any kind of authority or knowledge, you have to first spend the time listening to it, watching it, understanding it. You know, I've been an uncle longer than either one of you have been parents. That doesn't make me an expert or understand your perspective, but you have a different problem that has nothing to do with accepting what people like as different from your your tastes. You just have a different obligation to a different living creature that might make you spend more time listening to what they're listening to, watching what they're watching, and creating that positive conversation of, well, I want to know what you're into because there's a part of you that wants them to listen when you want to show them what you like. It's not always about right or wrong or good or bad. It's this is what I like. You like that? Let me let me hear it. Let me see it. I think one of the most positive stories since Dan told that told that story about his dad earlier, one of the coolest stories I ever heard was, and I don't remember the band, he's going to tell me, uh, later in life, same dad, let's put the CD in. Let's, let's listen to it on the way home. And it was like some doom, dirge, whatever. Yeah, doom it, was, band. Uh, it was exhumed of the earth by Paramecium, which is an incredible death doom metal album. Totally different perspective. Like, okay. And, and, and you look at that, that story as an outsider and say, okay, so you got it. It's not about bad or good. It's about spending time understanding, trying to understand to the best that you can, because even though you don't have the same likes and dislikes, it, it, it I get to tie everybody's ideas to ideas together tonight. I think um, it it starts in the home. So if you're going to be this child's parent for their entire life, uh, maybe you should spend the time paying attention to what they like and trying to understand it instead of making assumptions about it. And then take what you learned about that and take it into life and listen to everything, watch everything as much as you can before you start calling it evil or blaming it on Satan. Maybe other people's interests are none of your goddamn business. <laughs> Quite frankly, you know what I mean? Like, so just, just, just don't be a dick, really. Just, it's, it's not, it, it, we're no coming back to that too. on this podcast again. Don't be well, a dick. Problem, well, the problem, <laughs> the problem about metalheads is we, we are, uh, and sometimes we, we do tend to force our, our, our interests on people, whether they want to hear them or not. Um, oh, dude, check this out. You think that's cool? You should check this out. We did a whole other discussion about that. Um, you know what but, this reminds me of? The last time we got locked in a freezer. Right. <laughs> 100%. Well, guys, I think that we have, uh, I think that we, we've beaten the Baphomet statue uh, as much as we possibly can. Um, there was a lot of stuff I was going to get into about black metal in Norway, but we'll save that for another uh, for another one of these. But uh, I just want to thank everybody who watched um, or is watching this on the rerun or listening to it uh, on the audio version. Um, if you guys are enjoying these Discuss Metal Lives, please let us know. And, uh, you know, let us also know, you know, just like the just like on the, the main podcast, you guys give us band suggestions. Give us suggestions for things you'd like to hear us talk about uh, in a format like this. Um, obviously, we've got three guys here that have a lot to say uh, about a lot of things. And uh, <laughs> so definitely make sure that uh, make sure you're sending us those suggestions, too. Uh, if you want to hang out with us or find us, the best place to find us on the Internet is on Discord. If you go to discord.discussmetal.com, uh, we have we have conversations like this. Uh, we have memes. We talk about music. We have band recommendations. And uh, if you're just if you just found this randomly on a on a YouTube thing and you listened all the way through it, like to this point, 
make sure you check out our podcast discography discussion uh, where we pick the we pick a metal band and we listen to all their records in a week and then we talk about it so um you know definitely make sure uh make sure you're doing that but uh, if you're a patreon subscriber stay tuned uh not not to this specifically go go to discord uh you're already on discord we're gonna post a link to a hangout uh where myself joe and mike will be hanging out with our patreon subscribers thank you guys all so much joe thank you thanks mike, dan thank you see you guys no, on the next thank one you. no thank you this has been the discuss metal podcast Hosted by Dan Terry, Mike Tygo, and Joseph Wren. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. Easy listening. One dollar at a time. Yeah.